Welcome to another edition of the Cyclone Fanatic Podcast. It is episode 74 of Stands and Fits, presented by the professional MBA program at the Ivy College of Business at Iowa State. Iowa State's part-time MBA has been voted the best MBA program in Des Moines. You can advance your career while still working full-time. Ask about scholarships as well as, wa- as well as waiving the GMAT. You can learn more at ivybusiness.iustate.edu. Recording in the Carl Chevrolet Studios. As always, no better place to buy, sell, or trade your car than Carl Chevrolet in Ankeny and Stewart. We release new Cyclone Fanatic merch. Check all that stuff out at teamcloset.com slash cyclonefanatic. Are you going to get any Cyclone Fanatic merch, Fitzy? I kind of like the, the tour shirt. That was kind of creative. It looks kind of like a concert tour thing because I know you can't put, post the names of the schools on the back. Yeah. But uh, you have the, the locations, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And I saw there's some officially licensed stuff on there too now, huh? Yeah, they, uh, we're, we're branching out. You know? yeah. We're going big time. It's pretty cool. I was, I was As also, if we haven't already been. but <laughs> I was all surprised when I saw official fonts and the, the actual logo on there, but that's, that's really cool. Yeah, and everybody's been clamoring for the black polos that yes. they see the coaches wearing. Yep. We now have them at teamcloset.com slash cyclonefanatic. So check those out. I'll probably have seven versions of the pocket tee once we're able to get more colors available. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how well those sell. Are you going to be able to, or are you going to be the hype man for those? Absolutely. Remember what I told you. It's the mullet of t-shirts. <laughs> yep, it'll definitely appeal to a specific demographic, I'm sure. You look like you're ready to close a business deal and then, you know, step out on, uh, step out onto the town. Yeah. Immediately after. I just wish it, I'm a little concerned. I wish it wasn't gray. I know it's a dark gray, mm. but I don't, I don't like to wear gray t-shirts very often. Just because you feel like you can sweat through them, that yeah, kind of thing? Yeah, I don't want to. And especially when the I don't want to embarrass myself while wearing my pocket tee. Especially when the weather's as hot as it has been lately, man. Exactly. It's supposed to be in the hundreds this weekend, I'm pretty sure. I step outside and then immediately I've got <laughs> pit stains. Got rings underneath my armpits. I don't, yeah. you know, I don't, I don't want to embarrass myself that way. Hey, well, I mean, if you're if you're rocking that pocket tee, then you'll be too cool for anyone to notice, I guess. So. That's fair. No, I know, I know, my guy Mike. He's coming through for me. Mm-hmm. He's gonna get me some more colors, but uh, that'll. Check those out. Teamcloset.com slash Cyclone Fanatic. What's going on with you, man? How are you doing? Um, just trying to stay cool. Um, I listened to your pod early. Um, I know by the time this podcast is released, yeah, uh, the Larry Eustachie pod you worked so hard on, the part one will be out. By the time we release this podcast, we will know whether or not everyone hates it or whether or not reviews are mixed or if it's uh if it is positive by reception. This, by the time this is released, you your Twitter mentions might be flooded with angry fans for all we know i would hope not i no. mean I, I i don't think it will be no i don't think it will be either honestly uh part one uh it didn't really get into anything too controversial no it was kind of just laying out the facts and then I, what i suspect part two will become is what might get some people uh sharing their thoughts yeah i mean i think part two part two will be it, it's a lot of the i thought part one was interesting because it, go, it takes you behind the process mm. of a lot of things, especially the process of how things worked in 2003. Yeah. It kind of gives you a glimpse into the, the way journalism happens behind the scenes. Yeah. But the part two, I think, has more just where there's more room for interpretation of things. I mean, a lot of it was out there in the public, you mm. know, 
and there's some stuff that it kind of goes behind what was happening in the public and everything. Uh, but it also will dive into kind of the impact it had on Iowa State basketball. And that's where I think it could probably have some people that, mm-hmm. I mean, just disagree, you know. And I won't probably put too much of my opinion into it because I, I wasn't there to understand, mm-hmm. you know. But I do have, from people I talked to, you know, they gave their opinions and everything. So who can we expect opinions on as far as the impact on Iowa State basketball then? Well, I think the main one that you, you'll hear is, uh, and I think people respect his opinion, is Bloom. Mm-hmm. Um, he had good perspective on it. Yep. Where, you know, you looking back at it, kind of what the domino effect of it all was. Uh, Keith Murphy gives some some stuff on that. He was, I know he wasn't in episode one, but he'll be prominently featured in episode two. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had some really good stuff to say. He also sent me some really good audio that will be sprinkled in. Uh, I mean, I think the the one that I'm interested to hear I'm interested to hear eventually how it all really comes together. I'm a third of the way riding episode two. Just to give people an idea of what the schedule is, I'm going on vacation next week. I'll be gone all week, uh, and then I will be back the following Wednesday. I will have episode two completed by the time I get back. Well, at least I'll have it completely written and ready to go to where I get in the studio with Ross, and I put together episode two, hopefully to release it on what would be August third, first, first third. week of August. Oh, I guess yeah. Okay, actually, I guess I'm back on that Thursday. So hopefully, I can release it on August second. That's my hope. Not, uh, that might not be possible, but we're we're gonna try. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that would be the most ideal situation, August second, which is actually my birthday. So oh, there you go. Hopefully, people don't hate it then. <laughs> That'd Just be ruin a, my birthday. Yeah, I was gonna say they could uh, make your birthday a little bit less fun. Yeah, uh, but. Bruce Vandevelde's handling of the situation, the way Iowa State handled it as a whole, and how poorly it was handled. Uh, There's some things that are said by some people that I know could at least upset one person uh, (laughs) that I did have uh, conversations with in the process of making this thing. Uh, And I know that it would upset him because of the things that based on the conversation that we had, the conversations that we had. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't know that those would ever get back to him, but if they did, I would not be shocked if I felt the wrath of that to an extent, but I already felt his wrath once and I made it through fine and yeah. kind of, it's absolutely hilarious to me now, but I would assume it's almost a guarantee that the one person you're talking about will tune in for these podcasts. Yeah, I do believe it is. Uh, as long as he knows that they are yeah. done. Yep. He, I mean, obviously, he knew they were happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that anybody can read between the lines if they've listened to episode one. And if you really want to dive deep, like do a deep dive into everything that I said on there, you can figure it out who I'm talking about. But, yeah, I would imagine that if he knows that they're done, he will probably listen to them. Mm-hmm. And that I will probably hear from him if he disagrees with anything that's said on there. I wonder if he will – I mean, he has your phone number. He does. I wonder if he'll call you or if he'll email you or if he'll sign up as a, a user on Cyclone Fanatic. Man, we'll that see. would be epic. I know. But if he does, I mean, if I do hear from him again, I'll tell him the same things that I did the first times that I talked to him. Mm-hmm. I said, if you disagree. Tell me your side. Then you are more than welcome to come, come and tell me how you feel. Yeah. And I will 
I will gladly oblige. I will gladly give you a platform to to do that. I mean, heck, that could be part three if you really wanted to. Bonus, bonus content, part three. There we three. go. Man, I can't wait to tell. I'll tell that full story someday. I, it's probably too soon since it happened to tell it now, but yeah. uh, someday that will uh, that will be a conversation point. But no, I mean, I hope everybody liked it. I think it was, it's like I, I said last week on here, uh, it's different. Certainly a different vibe. Mm-hmm. But... At the same time, I think it's been long enough, and it wasn't like that negative of a story mm-hmm. to where everybody's like, "Oh my God, this sucks!" Like, yeah. I don't want to relive this. Exactly. Like, no, no one died or anything like that. Right. So, I mean, it was just it was a it was a bad thing for Iowa State in the national spotlight, but at the same time, it's it's just the kind of thing where hey, it's in the past. You can you can talk about the past. Well, and I think two Iowa State fans are good enough with being able to be self-deprecating mm-hmm. to an extent to where you can look at it and laugh about it now, you yeah. know, where it's like, this was so ridiculous and it, the way Iowa state was kind of thrust into the middle of this. It also helps too, that the basketball program has at this point made a, a full recovery. Right. Yeah. And that's kind of how it all will come full circle. Not to give too much away about episode two, but mm-hmm. there is a way that I think it will all come full circle that, uh, is actually kind of cool to look at it you know, 16 years later, but mm-hmm. yeah, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. Uh, I hope that everybody else did. And, uh, if you didn't direct your comments to at K 87 <laughs> on Twitter, please. I eagerly await your comments. You can be my publicist. There you go. All right. What else do we have to talk about? It's been kind of a slow, slow week outside of big 12 media days. You know, even, even though big 12 media days happened, I don't know if it was just me, but it seemed like it was a really coach speaky year of big 12 media days. Yeah. Like, I didn't think there was anything that notable to come out other than, you know, the whole addressing the Texas horns down yeah, controversy again. The Texas horns down deal. Nobody did anything embarrassing except for Les Miles. Yeah. Commenting Can we on talk Puka. about the Les Miles TV show that they have coming out? Did you see about this? Yeah. So they're going to like, it, it's a whole An 18 part <laughs> series on ESPN plus about Kansas football. And so this will cover when Puka was going through his thing, right? Well, yeah. I mean, they had cameras with Les Miles when he was being hired. <laughs> That's what I didn't understand. I was like, I mean, I know Les was doing his acting deal in mm-hmm. between, but they couldn't have known that they were going to do. I almost, wa- I almost want to think that they made it up. You know what I mean? Like they went back and did it again. Like this was Les Miles' brainchild where he's like, we're there in the trailer. It's him on the treadmill, like talking on the phone with Jeff Long. And he's like, what kind of ways can we make it look like I'm? You know, like I, I'm still unemployed. Like, what are some things that unemployed uh, people do? Yeah. And he tries to just make it look like he's he's actually going through the process. But this was they did this like in January or so February. It's like, it's like and, a staging kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, it's a reenactment. Uh, I mean, that, that's I, that's could be. I wouldn't put it past him. I mean, based on the way that they've acted, he's acted in his press conferences. Yeah. And the way that he acted on Monday, I don't. I would not put any weird thing past Les Miles at this point. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, he he really botched that that conference, man. It's even worse. I mean, it sounds bad when you read the quotes. Mm-hmm. It's worse once you see the video and you see how incredibly awkward he was. Yeah. Where you're like, man, I don't know. They, it almost makes you think they should have just given him a script. Yeah. Like, get up there and read your lines. And that's <laughs> it. Don't, don't do anything else. Just read the lines. And this isn't the first time we've seen Les Miles be Weird. Not, not great at giving conferences. Yeah. You know? And that's where I... I mean, what's happened to him? I don't feel like he used to be like it this. It seems like he's lost a step upstairs a little bit. Yeah. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it doesn't seem like he – I mean, when he was at LSU, he was like a quirky – Yeah. Like, just, I mean, he was crazy, but it's like – he was just it – was, it was like a fun-loving type character. Yeah. And now it's like 
you're, you're like, like, dude, you. it's like, man, what's wrong with you, dude? I wonder if being around Kansas football just has that effect on people, you know? It could well, be. At least when he was with LSU, like, they were relatively good. And almost. that's why I'm absolutely <laughs> going to watch that show. Yeah. Because I, I want to watch it and just be like, man, this is surreal. Like, how, uh, who thought this was a good idea? So then remind me do we know when this is going to be released i think episode one comes out august 23rd okay and from is it, what i understand are they releasing it on a weekly schedule or is it like a i have no idea drop everything at once kind of deal i can't imagine it to drop everything at once i would think it follows them through the season because it's still it'll still be ongoing then yeah i would think so huh all right Man, imagine how interesting that'll get when Kansas is like two and eight or something. I mean, obviously the fun thing will be when they get to the point where they're talking about, you know, the Iowa State game coming up. And, yeah. You know, seeing that play out because hopefully that'll be a win for us. They need to make it like last chance you like where do they go where they go to the other school and they have the other coaches like talking oh, yeah. about Kansas. Yeah. And they're like, <laughs> they're like, yeah, I mean, Les Miles is a. He you won know. a national championship. It's like they just state facts. They don't say anything like they're like Kansas. They have players <laughs> yeah. like you know Puka Williams. They will field a team this yeah. week. <laughs> Puka Williams is a is a running back. He's he's a guy that runs the football. So that's that makes me think which which coaching staff in the conference would be most fun to watch talk about Kansas football. Would it be? Do you think it'd be Texas with Tom Herman? Do you think he'd be pretty candid? I think Oklahoma State would be low key pretty funny. Oh uh, yeah, Gundy. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's the one that and it might even just be Gundy. <laughs> yeah. Everybody else like Lincoln Riley. I think Lincoln Riley knows how good their team is, but at the yeah. same time, he's just like, he's, he's really even, good at downplaying it yeah, all. He's and, an even keel guy. Yeah. And he's just so chill. He's like cut out of the same cloth as Coach Campbell, just on like a way bigger scale because he's at Oklahoma and not Iowa State. Yep. Tom, Tom Herman would be interesting too, but I also think he's really good at turning it off and on for the cameras where when he knows there's cameras around, he's going to, he's going to be much more political. Yeah. Uh, whereas with Gundy, I think Gundy would just be like straight off the cuff. He'd be watching film and be like, Jesus, these dudes suck. I kind of wish that, uh, if, you know, if this hypothetical scenario became real, it'd be fun if Dana Holgerson was still around. Cause he would be a fantastic. Well, it's like when, watch. when they asked him about the Kansas defense and all the turnovers he'd created. And oh. he's like, he's like, well, yeah, but they did play Rutgers, you know, <laughs> yeah. or something like that. And it's like, that's, that's what I'm saying. That would be funny to me just to hear someone that's going to legitimately be candid yeah. about the situation and not be like, they're going to be Jason Brown from last chance you, which yeah. also comes out this week. I'm excited for that. Oh, that's right. Is it, it's the fourth season of that Yeah, right? season four. Mm-hmm. Have you heard about all the stuff with him? Mm-mm. Dude, he got charged with like a felony for forgery and all kinds of stuff like that. What did he forge? Uh, well, did you hear about when he got fired? Mm-mm. Well, he got fired because he told a player from Germany that he was the, his new Hitler uh, oh, in a text message uh, and then tried to say that it was the kid who had like created this and the kid went to the newspaper and then allegedly Jason Brown had, in order to try and keep the newspaper from putting this stuff out, he tried to impersonate an attorney from the Johnny Cochran law firm in Los Angeles saying how if they did this, like they were going to get sued and all this kind of stuff. Oh, okay. So he's trying and he, to and he completely himself. made it up. Yeah. I mean, it was all fake. Yeah. And so now he's in some big trouble. <laughs> That's funny. Like last chance you has gone from being like, it was awesome at the beginning of the series because it legitimately was about the football and it was about the, the players. players. And I mean, the coach was, was a character, but really it was like, it was about, it was actually about the junior college football experience. Yeah. And then last year became more about Jason Brown. And this year, I think it's just going to be an absolute shit show where yeah. it's like, this is in no way about junior college football. It's just this insane dude yeah. who 
happens to be a football coach. Yeah. I mean, I've never consistently watched Last Chance U, but I remember, like, basically anytime one of their, like, original players from, the, like, the first couple seasons comes up, like, people will remember those players specifically. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dakota Allen, who played at uh, Tech, at Texas Tech, he was one of those guys from East Mississippi the first year yep. that the show was on. Uh, but, I mean, like, people from last Ronald season. Ronald Ollie is with the, Red, the Raiders now. Mm-hmm. But, like, could you, could you name the people from last season if they popped up? No, no, they're not as memorable, I don't mm. think. Well, that's what I'm saying. The Independence guys were vastly overshadowed by the coach. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, there's the one quarterback, the kid that was at, gosh, what's his name? Malik something. But he was at Florida State, left the team at Florida State, came to Independence, and then he, like, never could find anywhere to go. At one point he was at Nevada, and now I want to say he's, like, back at Independence. I don't know what really is happening with him. But – uh but as I'm saying, it's just like the guys just kind of – some guys go and do really well and some of the guys just really don't do anything, yeah, you know. That's uh, true. But, I mean, do you figure that they – those first couple seasons, they highlighted the players better, like just the production crew? Or is it the kind of thing where they, they try to do the same thing but the coach is just the big headline now? Yeah, I think they try to do the same thing. And, and two, I'm not sure – I mean, they really hit the jackpot with some of that stuff, like where they had the, uh, the academic advisor – that was so good at being on TV and like the players all had really good relationships with her and stuff. They don't really have that at independence. Mm. It's more about the coach, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and two, they just had some really good players in those years that were going to go and play at some really big schools and stuff like that. They had the kid that went and played quarterback at Auburn. Mm. Uh, yeah. I mean, there was, there's all kinds of different stuff where it was like actual guys who were going to go and you could sit down and watch and be like oh I remember him you yeah. know yeah and two I'm sure there's some kids that don't even want to be part of it anymore because mm-hmm. they're like I don't want that to even be something that would ever come back and bite me yeah you know that makes sense so anyways back to big 12 media days is there anything that we haven't really mentioned that stood out to you uh, no <laughs> no like any like any of the new coaches uh really surprised you I thought they were pretty you know like in line with what I expect like they they just had it down to the book yeah like none of them are very they're all in that same Matt Campbell mold too they are we're like it's almost like the rest of the conference has tried to copy Iowa State in yeah. the you know hiring that kind of coach and I'm not saying that that's by any means bad like obviously no. I mean good for them if the yeah. same thing happens yeah and it's just Coach Campbell's not exactly like the one that's going to step up there and give you some sexy quote that's going to make everything blow up. And you're going to be like, oh, my God, I can't believe you just said that, you know? Yeah. And I don't know. None of those guys that were at those schools before really were either, I guess. But mm. me and Dana Holgerson, I guess, could. But yeah. he, was, he was kind of boring, too, you yeah. know? Uh, Bill Snyder wasn't going to get up there and say anything like that. No. And, and you know, Kingsbury, you know, had the, the uh, raw, attractive appeal. Right. But he, he wasn't that interesting as far as a quote is. Well, and it's like Mike Gundy, he gets up there and he says weird stuff, but the weird stuff he says has nothing to do with anything. Like talking about his mullet and all kinds of stuff like that. Yeah. It's like, okay. Yeah. There's not, like, there's not much substance to it. He's never going to beat I'm a man. I'm 40. So. Yeah. I don't think that he should even try, honestly. No. <laughs> that was. Top three college football coach quote all yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> but that's why I'm saying that's why he'd be good in that show. They should consider going to yeah. Oklahoma State next. Yeah. If, if they did that at Iowa State, I think that it would probably end up everybody would, no one would be in, interested in that show. You know what? You know what? The, well, they, it would be like, it would turn into like a coaching clinic video. <laughs> if they went to Iowa State, the, the actual good quotes would come from the assistants. Like, yeah. I could see Tom Manning or Alex Golish like saying something really outrageous. Right. And making headlines, but. Campbell's not going to say not anything. Even, not even like that. 
those guys are good at that stuff too though mm-hmm. you know where they oh, don't if the cameras are on yeah they they yeah. know not to you but know if they know when and when and when not to have it if it's like a like that. if it's like a hidden camera like they came in the week before installed hidden cameras that kind of thing yeah those would be the guys who would see and that's like at the junior college level there's so much less to lose Mm-hmm. You know, where those guys can be so much more candid and everything. But when you're doing it at the Division One level, those guys are going to be so much more calculated. Yeah. But that's where I think that this Les Miles thing will be interesting because I feel like he's almost going to try to be – to do things that are ridiculous. Like, they'll, they'll pose things for the show mm. for, uh, well, I mean, he's for gonna, dramatic effect. He's going to try to use it as a recruiting tool too, I'm yeah. sure. Yeah, So I thought it was funny when he, they're talking to him about – going to like New Year's Six games and uh, he's talking about how he thinks that they're ready to win games at Kansas and then they're asking him about scheme and he was like yeah I don't really know much about the numbers or anything like that I just know they didn't <laughs> score enough points to win games last year and it's like okay well that's kind of your job as a head coach right that yeah that doesn't seem <laughs> it's your job to know the numbers ideal but yeah. but then he was also talking about basically running the same offense that he ran for however many years at LSU when literally the entire thing he talked about the entire time he was unemployed was how he was going to have this new offensive yeah have a new offensive approach and all this stuff and he's right back to his double tight end power eye sets I mean on one hand you could say that that's going to be if going against the grain might be something different and help them win games in the big 12 on the other hand you know he got to be able to keep up too right well it's unless you're Bill Snyder you can't really do that that well yeah no, yeah, they're going to run the same offense, but I think they'll be good at it. For, well, for one, because I think that coach is really good. Yeah. And I don't think he's stupid enough to, like, go in there and try and do something that those guys aren't going to know how to do. Yeah. Les Miles did things at LSU that never fit his personnel. I mean, mm-hmm. think about – dude, they had Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham Jr. on the same team. Yeah. And we're still running out of the power eye with double tight end sets and, like, one receiver on the field. Yeah. It's like – and you have two guys who are probably two of the ten best receivers in the NFL. Yeah. The first time we'll ever get to see those guys truly unleashed together is this year with the Cleveland Browns. Yep. Because they'll actually open it up and have yeah. Baker Mayfield throw the ball around. And they played together in college. Mm-hmm. That, like, that's just crazy. And then the way they can never recruit a quarterback. And uh, they always had the good running backs. But it's like, how many times can you hand Leonard Fournette the football? <laughs> exactly. Before the defense just puts 11 people in the box and says, we're going to let your quarterback, who's from God knows where, throw the ball over or to Odell Beckham's head. <laughs> for the entire game <laughs> yeah if he beats us he beats us but he can he there's no way that he'll beat us more than two or three times mm-hmm. that's the difference between the sec or at least les miles in current big 12 i just i'm i'm so intrigued now to see how it works they're not even recruiting that well like they've got a fair amount of transfers right i'm gonna look up kansas's 20 2020 recruiting class I feel like they got a bunch of recruits, like, at one time. Yeah. But other than that, and, like, I'm not even sure how good they were or anything. I think they, they, they actually have, do have the number 32 class in the country right now. Hmm. Uh, but it's because they have a ton of Yeah, they guys. have 21 commitments. There you go. Their average star rating is at 83.47. So that's, like, a, a mid to low tier three star, I'm pretty sure, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, Iowa State's is 85.03, and they have a long snapper, so keep that in mind yep so they probably tend to be more of a high three star yeah so like 83 83 4 3 is a full point lower than the second to worst team in the league like what we wouldn't be ninth mm-hmm. and that's kansas state and kansas state is right now as fourth because they have 18 commitments gotcha yeah kansas state they always have the they always do badly in the rankings but again 
ever since Snyder was there, they kind of just play above. They punch above their weight class, you know? Yeah. But it's just I, – I always look at this and it's like, man, they, it doesn't even seem like they get the best kids in Kansas. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, their highest rated commitment from Kansas is the 11th best player in the state. They got the 12th best player in the state. Well, hasn't Iowa State plucked a, cu- a couple kids out of Kansas? They have a kid from North Scott. Nice. 15th best. Hmm. Yeah, Iowa State has one of the best kids in Kansas, I think. Here, I'm going to look and see where these kids are all going. Turner Corcoran's going to Nebraska. Uh Daniel Jackson to Minnesota, Kai Thomas to Minnesota. What the heck is Minnesota doing? Dang. Killing it down in Kansas. Dipping down. Uh, then Hayden Pauls, yeah, he uh, is going to Iowa State. Okay. Kansas State, Kansas State, Iowa, Nebraska, Kansas State. See, even Kansas State's really not doing that good down there. No. Yeah, man, I mean, they're going to have a hard time even if it's just like you can't even lock down your border like that. Mm-hmm. Like that's, that's just. You got to be able to get at least two or three of the top ten kids in your state consistently right well that's like for example you look at you look at iowa the state of iowa oh yeah uh and it's iowa nebraska iowa 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 (laughs) so i guess they're dom the hawkeyes are dominating currently yeah but in defense i mean it's number one kid was uh a legacy i don't know that he was a legacy but he was someone that they were in on really really early i remember that from council bluffs uh then obviously Blake Gunderson is going to Nebraska, and yep. he was down to Iowa State in Nebraska. Cedar Rapids, the kid from uh, that was at Southeast Polk, now going to go to Dowling. The running back, he's going to Iowa. Oh, yep. Uh, and I'm not sure. I can't really remember how hard Iowa State really recruited him. I, I would, would, don't want to say that they were in it that well to the very end. I feel like they – Cedar Rapids kid yeah. uh, is five. He's going to Iowa. So two Cedar Rapids kids, which are almost Eastern always like State, yeah. guarantees to go to Iowa. And then the next four are all Iowa State. So of the top ten, eight of them are going to either Iowa or Iowa State. And the other two are going to Nebraska. And then there's the one going to Kansas. Yep. That's how you lock down the borders. Less miles. <laughs> Anyways. Sorry, I went on a little tangent there. No, Just got fine. interested in something. Yeah. Bring a little bit of recruiting on Stands and Fits. Yeah. Just breaking down how we lock down the borders here in the state of Iowa. And, but no, this, okay, bring it back around to what I was talking about. I just feel like it, it will be hard for them to get talent that it takes to really turn things around there. Yeah, because I don't feel like... Uh, They're so far behind. I don't think he understands how far behind they are. Exactly. And I feel like Miles is the kind of coach that if he has a bunch of talent in the program, he'll be okay yeah. as a coach. But he's not going to be the kind that will be able to you know develop people develop people or get enough success early on the field with these not so great recruits so that they can get the better recruits well and, it, and i feel like he was just waiting for a chance to be able to get back into the power five you know and and it's almost a perfect marriage because i don't think anywhere else would have hired him mm-hmm. really i mean it, I, I feel like it had to be someone that was pretty desperate to make a splash. Yeah. And is there anywhere in college football right now that is more desperate to make a splash in football than, than Kansas. Kansas? No. I don't think so. Not more desperate. No. I mean, no, Rutgers wouldn't even be more desperate to make a splash than Kansas is. No. I think Rutgers <laughs> Rutgers is fine with being Rutgers at this point, I think. Well, and their, like, their athletic department's like in so much disarray with yeah. financials and stuff like that. Like, can't, there's no reason for Kansas to be as bad as they are. No. And they, especially after having been to an Orange Bowl within the last fifteen years. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, there's no reason for that program to be as bad as they are. And they, I, I mean, it, I think at one point they couldn't even get hardly enough money to finish the practice facility that they had started. Yeah. So that that's why they go and get a guy like Les Miles is because it's like, 
we got to do anything yeah like to try and generate some buzz i mean what it's been like almost a full decade now that they've been just terrible maybe even longer than that because they, well, they what was that that was 08 when yeah. they went to the orange bowl yeah because it was a pretty sharp drop off uh after they went to that orange bowl i think yeah like it only took a season or two before they were down in the dumpster right Dude, it's crazy. There was this article on The Athletic this week that talks about attendance and, like, what the small schools will do to try and manipulate the attendance numbers because you, you have to average 15,000 once out of every two years mm. to be able to maintain FBS status, yep. which is a stupid rule. And I don't know why these schools would ever even want to be in the FBS anyway for, it to have, for them to have to do some of the stupid stuff that they do. But I'm sitting there and I'm like, man, how is nobody asking any questions about Kansas? Because this has to be the only – I can't imagine there's another school in the Big 12 or in the Power Five that draws more poorly than they do. Yeah. From, I mean, from a, an entire season basis or at least real attendance. Yeah. I mean, whenever a, a quarter of the stadium is hardly full and it takes the other team's fans to fill it. I was just going to say, like, whenever Iowa State goes and plays there, over half of the, the fans are Iowa State fans. Yeah. And I get that Iowa State, the, the name brand isn't a big draw for Kansas fans who might be casual football fans at the same time. Even when, you know, Texas and Oklahoma come to town, it's not like they're packing that stadium. They can't even get students there. Yeah. The students have to, like, walk across the street. The students only care about basketball. Yeah. And that basically, I think everyone involved with Kansas does. I mean, I can't blame them that much. Yeah. Because when you get to have that much fun during the basketball season, like... Everything else falls on the wayside. Right. I think a lot of times you can sit there and be like, hey, man, we suck. Like, I'm not even going to waste my Saturday going over there. Yeah. And Lawrence is a fun town, too. Mm. I, did, I I think we greatly underappreciate Lawrence as a, as a college town. I would love to make it down to the Fogs sometime. Dude, they sell beer at the, at the bars and, like, the area there around the stadium for, like, fifty. <laughs> did you see that KU is actually going to sell alcohol games this year? Seriously? Yeah. That was, like, announced literally yesterday, I believe. Oh, wow. So... See, they're trying. They're, dude, they're doing anything. Yeah. I they, think they are doing anything they can to yeah. try and get people to want to go to games. Yeah. I and think, try and generate any kind of interest in that program. And, too, I think uh, even the administration, I think, views Les Miles as kind of like the last-ditch hope right. <laughs> for Kansas football at this point. Well, yeah. It's like, if he can't do it, then, I mean, what are you going to keep trying to do? Like, no up-and-coming coach is ever going to want to go there. No. It's even more of a black hole at this point than, you know, Iowa State football would have been considered when Matt Campbell came here. Well, yeah. Then what? Yeah. I mean, and it's just because of the hole they have to dig themselves out of. At least Iowa State could, like, fill their scholarship totals and everything. Yeah. Kansas just made some really bad decisions after they fired Mangino. And it has set them, like, so far back Mm -hmm. that it's it's almost impossible to dig out of it. You basically... It's almost like we should just not play for two years and then completely start over. Yeah, which is sad. But at the same time, it's nice to have, it's nice to have a team on the schedule that you figure is a 90% easy win. <laughs> yeah. So. And Les Miles just doesn't know how to handle whatever that situation is with Puka Williams. Mm-hmm. A bad situation. Yeah. Very bad situation. And Do you think he had anything to do with that suspension? Like it, when they were talking and determining it? If he hadn't gone up there and said, I had nothing to do with this, then I really would have like been like, I never would have thought anything of it, you know? But yeah. the fact that he said, I had nothing to do with it, that almost makes me sit there and be like, damn, that makes me think that he like was lobbying for there to be no suspension or anything, yeah. you know? Exactly. And, that's way, and that, that would be way worse. Well, because he, he was saying like, he thinks that, you know, he's felt so much remorse being away from the team this yeah. entire time. It's like, that's not a good enough punishment. Well, my thing is, it's, what's the, okay. Fine. Yeah. Puka Williams has probably had a really hard time being away from the football field. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I get that. Okay. 
fine. But what about the girl that he... Yeah. The woman that he allegedly punched in the stomach and then... I can't remember what else he did. I think he choked her or something like that. Punched her in the throat. Like, what about her? Yeah. You didn't hear him say anything about her other than... Uh, he's like where there's this very robotic sentence that he says, no violence against a woman is okay. Yeah. That's, and again, that's something that some PR person told him to say, I'm sure. Exactly. That's, that's what I'm saying. That's like, that's horrible crisis management. Mm-hmm. Horrible. He, he almost might as well have just not even said anything and just let someone ask him a question and say, you know, he got suspended. He did what he had to do, you know, and we, I don't know. I'm not sure. I wouldn't want to have to handle that kind of situation. No. But Les Miles, how he did it was very bad. That's all I know. Very bad. Agreed. Talked way more about Les Miles on this podcast than we (laughs) intended to, but that's just because that's what we do. Uh, Willis Singleton, speaking of recruiting. Yes. Defensive tackle from Gurney, Illinois. I have some friends that are from Gurney. Really? Yeah, they went to Warren Township High School. Okay. What's that are doing, Gurney? Do you know? Uh, it's like right outside Chicago. So how is it, is it a suburb or is it a, like a town that's not too far away? I can't, know? I can't say, I think, it, I, I don't think I've ever been there. Okay. I, I maybe have. Do people from Gurney say they're from Chicago when you ask him? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I feel like everyone says, I was just going to say, I think that pretty much everybody that is from one of the Chicago suburbs, like says that they're, see, this one actually is a lot closer than, uh, so my, my old roommate was from Libertyville. And this is just a little bit to the uh, north of that. Okay. It's what's the po- what's the official population? Do you have that handy? Like thirty thousand. Okay, so it, it is probably a legit suburb of Chicago. Yeah, I bet it's like a forty-mile train ride or something. I'm trying to figure out how far it is to Chicago. Let's figure out how far it is to uh, downtown Chicago. It is one hour and thirty minutes by car. Huh. And is that, well, is that factoring in real time? Like two hours on train. Okay. So it's a lot further than I thought it was. Okay. 40 miles. I was just kind of right on that one. I didn't but. know if like that was factoring in real time because we're, we're recording right now, basically at rush hour. Oh yeah. It says best route despite crash and slow down causing 45 <laughs> minute delay. Oh, okay. So, so it would be about a 45 minute driver. So. Okay. So that is fairly close. I would say then. Yeah. It is a Chicago suburb. Uh, but you would probably not hear most people from from Gurney, Illinois, say that they're from Gurney, Illinois. Nope. They definitely say they're from Chicago. Yeah. Anywho, yeah, good good to get Will Singleton. Uh, defensive tackle. Just like I'm also from Omaha. Yes. <laughs> How close is Clarendon? I'm from Omaha? Omaha or Kansas City or Des Moines. I mean, from any, I can choose any of them. It's basically like a, you can draw a triangle yeah. in the middle of it. We're right in the middle of all three, so I can be from any one of them that I want to. But how, how, like, how close, how long of a drive is it from Clarenda to Omaha? Do you know? Uh, a little over an hour. Okay. Probably... Yeah, probably about an hour and a half. Depends and on kind of where you're going in Omaha. So is Clarina closer to Omaha than Des Moines? Yes. Huh. So you're down there. It deep, takes like two hours to get to Des Moines. Deep in southwest Iowa. Well, it's just because it's just there's not really any direct route. Any, like, direct, yeah, you got to go. If you're driving to Des Moines, you got to go from Clarinda up to Atlantic, get on I-80, across I-80, all the way to Des Moines. Uh, if you're going to Omaha, you take... You can go a couple different ways, but you can go up to 34, get on, you know, go through Red Oak, mm-hmm. you know, go take 34 all the way over to 29 by Glenwood and then hop up across to, or up to Council Bluffs and then go through Council Bluffs to Omaha. Gotcha. Kansas City, it's like two and a half hours. That one would really probably wouldn't factor in, but. Mm-hmm. but yeah. Good to get you defensive tackle. Yeah. Good to, get, good to get the defensive tackle from Kearney, <laughs> Illinois. Kearney, Illinois. 
Now, now, now our uh, listeners know all about Gurney, Illinois. Uh, it that's an important position for them, though. It is in this class. They, it seems like they've had no problem at all getting defensive end recruits, but the defensive tackles, for whatever reason, just don't come in as fast. And I think I know that it's because of the style of defense that they run. Yeah. However, you know, every time you get a defensive tackle commit, that's arguably the biggest commit on the defensive side of the ball. I feel like every time they get one, though, they hit on it. You know, yeah. like they they haven't missed on those defensive tackles very often. Really, ever since they got Ray Lima, like every guy they've gotten has been just a, a big time recruiting. Yeah. Hit. Well, and if you think about it, too, the here I'm pulling up the depth chart again. Mm-hmm. Um, dang, that's not the one. Guys, I mean, like you got Jamal Johnson uh, is at is technically number one of the depth chart at defensive tackle. Yeah. Lima's first at nose guard. Um, Isaiah Lee. He's and, a redshirt freshman who yeah. will probably play quite a bit. Tucker Robinson. Uh, Tucker Robertson's only a redshirt sophomore. He'll play. He'll play a little bit. Josh Bailey. We've still never really seen any of him. You know. I think he got in a couple games last year, right? But only in like spot up. Yeah. Uh, you know, spot minutes. Spot minutes, but uh, but still, they had somebody in that last class, didn't they? I, th- I thought they had a defensive tackle in there. They might. Yeah. They maybe not have. Maybe didn't. Um, but no, I mean, I I would think that this. Willis Singleton will uh, give himself an opportunity to come in and play pretty early just because of, one, he's already – he's he's – He's a pretty big guy. Yeah, he's 6'1", 301 pounds. The thing that's – At 17 or 18 years old. I watched a little bit of his film, and I'm, I'm no football scout, but the thing that stood out to me is that he actually dropped back, like, in, into coverage a couple times, and he, like – on the swing passes to the running back out of the backfield, no defensive tracked, tackle in the last class. He tracked down that running back from behind a couple times, so he can he can move laterally and sprint really well for a big guy. Man, the Big Twelve teams are going to be shook when uh, when Iowa State starts running like a super inverted defense, <laughs> where they're dropping uh, three hundred pound guys. They're dropping you know their defensive tackle into coverage. Will McDonald's coming around one edge all the way into the middle, filling the the gap that would have been there. Yeah. Uh, that would have been previously filled by the defensive tackle. You're going to get weird. Yep. Get I, weird. I feel like we're going to see that instantly the first game this year. Ray Lima is going to drop into coverage consistently. Yeah. Yeah. That won't surprise me one bit. The only guy I've ever seen be able to do that is Indomitian Sue. Like he, oh, yeah. he legitimately could actually like step back Yeah. and he would get, he intercepted multiple passes as a defensive tackle because it was like he would just drop in, in the middle of the field. And I think that most probably offensive linemen are like, well, what is like, well, <laughs> what am I supposed to do? Right. Like, why is he doing that? Yeah. You know, it's, it's like he's he's too big. He's too fast to when, like, do that. When you see linemen doing that and doing that well, that's how you know it's a truly special player. Oh, yeah. That's when you know you got a freak. Yeah. Like a guy who's just a absolute monster. Mm-hmm. Or when you see a guy who is long time hand on the ground defensive end go and play linebacker and then he's the starting linebacker after one spring at the position yep jeff and i were talking about this on our podcast this morning he was on bruce feldman's freak list Mm -hmm. i think he was number 41 uh did you know that he won the state discus title in wisconsin while wearing like chuck taylor's i did not know that yeah really huh it's like everybody else is out there, these trained throwers and all this stuff. Yeah. And then Will McDonald has, like, picked up a discus three or four times. Yeah. He's just, like, so looks that, at it, and he's like, oh, yeah, I could, that, could probably throw that tells this. You, that tells you two things. One, that he is, like, his his body in just in general is massive because yeah. he just has all that, you know, 
that capability of throwing far right. to just natural athletic ability that you can just step in and do that so easily. Well, that's what I told Jeff. I was like, man, he probably just like picked up a discus and immediately knew how to throw it and, yeah. and threw it like 150 feet. Yeah. You know, was like immediately one of the best discus throwers in the state and had just picked it up one day. Mm -hmm. And the coach was like, okay, yeah, you're going to do this now. So I think what that tells us too is that Matt Gamble probably knows that if he needs someone to throw a 90-yard Hail Mary at last second, Will McDonald can step in for Brock Purdy if did, necessary. Did you see the video of Odell Beckham throwing it like yeah, length of the field? I did, and I think the, uh, that's deceptive though because I'm pretty sure that might have been a short practice field. Oh, okay. Because he, 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 he essentially threw from one end zone across the entire field. My other favorite quarterback crazy throw this week was uh, Pat Mahomes throwing it over the scoreboard oh, yeah. at Arrowhead Stadium. Yep. And then uh, I think it was Colin Cowherd quote tweeting it and saying that uh tom brady was working on his timing routes Duh. and it's like oh, it's like up. while pat mahomes is throwing it over the, the scoreboard tom brady's working on his timing routes meanwhile tom brady's like making photoshopped videos of, exactly. of him uh trying to boost his madden speed rating <laughs> yeah exactly tom brady's not doing anything that productive tom brady actually is a low-key interesting follow on twitter because yeah. I, I think that he he almost like knows how to do it too well, yeah. you know, where he had never been on it before and he just hopped in and was like, yeah. Well, it's probably the kind of thing where he plays it up. Like ever since Twitter became a thing 10 years ago, Tom Brady probably like was on Twitter and watching everything. And he's yeah. probably just been waiting for his perfect moment to get on. And he knew exactly how to manipulate it a little bit to where he could just make these like goofy videos and stuff. And yeah. he's old enough to where it's like, is the old dad having fun. Well, it's like Dirk dude. Like Dirk is hilarious on Twitter. Yeah. Just because he's Dirk. There's some people that you just, I don't think you can get mad at. I mean, mm -hmm. people can still get mad at Tom Brady. I think while he's still playing, yeah. once he's done playing, you'll just be like, Oh, Tom Brady. It's, it's, it's similar to Peyton Manning. Yeah. Peyton's got a new show coming out. I Does read he? an article about that today. What? It's kind of interesting. What will it be on? Oh, it's about the NFL 100. And he like goes uh, around and looks at artifacts and stuff. So I think it's kind of in conjunction with NFL films. Okay. So it's on NFL network, I'm assuming. No, it'll be on ESPN plus as well. ESPN oh. plus is taking over the world. That's the, yeah, moral, are, the, the moral of the story. That, I guess that was probably one of the biggest things to come out of big 12 media days. They kind of released a few more bits of information on that. I do think that will be good for them to have that. Mm -hmm. I'm interested to see if they start doing more like original programming like that. Yeah. They could. Big 12 could definitely use something like that. We're not even going to take a break today. Wow. We've already gone 42 minutes, and I know that our last segment's not going to be that Dude, long. So I was, I'm surprised that our opening segment took that long. Dude. Right. We have probably the shortest rundown that we've ever had. <laughs> Literally. But, yeah, we did, somehow we talked about Kansas football and – Last chance you. And Gurney, Illinois. Gur yeah. <laughs> For 42 it doesn't surprise minutes. me. Anyways. Uh, I, I do need to say, though, anybody out there looking for some plans, July 25th through the 27th, uh, check out Guthrie River Ruckus and Guthrie Center. Uh, use promo code Cyclones at checkout at GuthrieRiverRuckus.com for $15 off your tickets. Casey, do you like – are you going to go to Guthrie River Ruckus? Oh, I love the Guthrie River. Yeah. <laughs> Casey knows. She knows how to do an ad read, Fitzy. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> go play beer pong against Casey in the river at Guthrie River Ruckus. I'll just go and wear earplugs. That's what I'll do. Fair enough. <laughs> Anyways. Dude, I found out Toby Keith is coming to uh, well, the Iowa State Fair. Oh, the Iowa State Fair. Yeah. Nice. August 12th. I will be there. So you're going to him instead of Slipknot? I have never been to the Iowa State Fair before. This will be a whoa, true experience. Whoa, whoa, really? This will be the f it, it takes Toby Keith to get me out there. Okay, so my recommendation. We talked about this on the radio yesterday. Uh, did you get recommendations from Chris and Ross? Well, I, Chris wasn't there. He was still in Dallas. Oh, okay. okay. What, what did Ross say? Well, for one, he like didn't 
he didn't understand why I'd never been. And I'm not like anti-fair. It's just yeah. that I've never. You never made a priority. Right. I mean, I just told you how far I am from a Des Moines. I didn't grow up in yeah. like a 4-H kid or anything like well, that. So I was, it, wasn't, it just wasn't a thing that we did. Yeah, but I th- I, at the same time, you say you're only, what, you're less than an hour and a half away from Des Moines? That's essentially... Two hours from Des Moines, yeah. Okay, well, I mean, that's basically what Albia is, and we always went to the fair. I mean, I feel like as an Iowan, that's kind of like a rite of passage. You have to go to the fair at least once. It's, it's worse that when I say that I've lived in central Iowa for seven years and I've never been. That is true. You, sh- you should have gone at least one time, especially since you've been at Iowa State. Almost every year I think of, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go. And then when the day that I say that I'm going to go comes, I'm like, man, it's, <laughs> it's 106 degrees outside. Like, I've got yeah. beer here. I don't need to go spend $20 to do it. My personal recommendation, if you're going to get one bit of food, um, is get the cup of cookies. They're okay. delicious. Okay. Ross so. was telling me about this thing called the Colossus. It has like four patties and it's like, he said it's like this big, it's $25. Really? Feeds a whole family. And I was like, why would anyone ever buy that? He's like, because you're feeding your whole family with it. That's true. I was like, but what if not everybody wants that? But what if everyone does want that? Then it becomes a real, a real great economical choice. Fair. <laughs> fair. For the fair. Yeah. But no. Toby Keith. I will be at Toby Keith. I promise you that. All right. I'm not missing that opportunity. So uh, T- Toby Keith will probably, what, start at like 7 or something like that in the evening? So you, you'll have to go like after work, like around 5 sometime, just to give yourself a couple hours ahead of time to, to walk around. Do I have to? I mean, you should, I mean, if this is your first time at the fair, yeah, you should at least scoop the loop one time. Do I have to wear cowboy boots? No, definitely. No. What about jorts? You, can, you, would, you would fit in if you wore jorts. Especially at Toby Keith. If yeah. I, I probably should true. wear cowboy boots and, Toby, like, and some jorts I mean, to Toby Keith. I, I should say you, you shouldn't wear cowboy boots, but yeah, at the same time, yeah, you would, you would technically fit in. I will wear cowboy boots, jorts, uh, an American flag shirt, and a cowboy hat. You could wear your, you could wear your uh, Beers Fireworks America shirt. I could. You could or I that. could get like a, a button-up shirt that is the American flag. That's true. Maybe you could wear your, your Beers Fireworks America underneath your button-up. There we go. Yeah. You could be now really American. Thinking. Now we're thinking. See, this is, what, this is the kind of hard-hitting content you come to stands and fits for. That's right. Uh, all right. Time for Hot and Not. You want to go first? Sure. Uh, my Hot this week. Everyone is joining up. It's confirmed. Everyone in America is going to go storm Area 51. That's my Hot this week. It, it started as, a, what? So it's a Facebook group or a uh-huh. Facebook event. Yeah. And it got like, what, 400,000 people yeah. Yeah. Have, have said they're going to go storm Area 51 on some day coming up. Yeah, it's like in September. In September. And the, the, the idea is that they can't stop all of us. Oh, no, they definitely can. <laughs> yeah. They absolutely can. I'm sure there's some kind of technology that they have specifically developed at Area 51 that would work perfectly in this kind of situation. I think that there are probably a lot of things that the United States government and the United States military has developed Yeah, that they could probably use for any sort of situation yeah. in which it would... De- no one would no no one would survive. So I think it's hilarious that this has like become a meme. Obviously, the question is how many people will actually take this seriously and show up to to raid Area Fifty One. I feel like there will probably be maybe a thousand people. I feel like there will be will people. Show up. There will be people who will go there to make fun of yeah it being a thing. It would be like a thousand people would show up at the rendezvous point. Yeah, and then. Uh, like a hundred will actually go try to raid it. Yeah, then there will be like <laughs> nine hundred of them will think that it was a joke. Yeah. Uh, and then there will be like the hundred that are like, come on guys, you guys ready? And the 900 are like, oh wait, no, oh, we're actually we're, doing this. We're like actually going, <laughs> like, are you serious? Yeah. Uh, and then the hundred will make it to like the Ridge and then they'll get to the Ridge and they'll see area 51 and they'll be like, 
oh, yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> like 90 of them will go back. Then there will be 10. Those 10 will advance. Eight of those 10 will be shot down, almost immediately getting <laughs> off of the ridge. And then the other two will be arrested just to, like, make a point. Hmm. They're like, yeah. You use these people as a warning yeah. kind of thing? Yeah. Go back and tell your friends. Or you'll just never this. hear from them ever again. See, that's too close. That's the thing. Like, I, I, I would be, I wouldn't be surprised if people actually did do it, but we would, we were told that nothing actually happened. See, this could be the kind of thing where, you know, something actually happens, but the U S government doesn't want us to think it does. I just, I think that this is a really stupid idea. <laughs> it is, but it's hilarious. That's Anyone who actually does this and like thinks that this is a real thing. I'm sorry. Doesn't get internet jokes. No, like, <laughs> no, like you're, you're just like really stupid, yeah. you know? And it, it, it completely makes sense to me that it started on Facebook, too, because that's exactly where I would expect something like this to happen. Oh, 100%. On Twitter, if someone made a joke like this, everybody would be like, oh, ha, ha, yeah, <laughs> let's go at raid Area 51, ha, ha. Yeah. That's, that would be funny, you know? And, yeah. like, and then we'd sit around and think of hypothetical scenarios. You do it on Facebook, immediately there's some guy. there's like four or five guys that are like, yeah, let's, let's do it, dude. So We could do it. The, what could the government have that, they, that we don't know about that we couldn't counteract? You well, know? That's, that's, that's my question to you is being the, the believer that you are, what do you think goes on at Area 51? Do you think it's aliens there or do you think it's just like top secret government weaponry or what do you think is going on? I believe that there could be alien Evidence? technology research. Yeah. Okay. Researching alien technology that we have acquired in the past, mm. working to perfect it mm. for our world. Uh, anyone who's watched the uh, documentary, oh man, what's that guy's name? Uh, Bob something. Bob Laser. Uh, oh. Anyone who, who's, or like the Joe Rogan podcast that he did, anyone who's listened to that, we know we have alien technology. We don't know how to make it work. That's the problem. We don't know how it works, you know? Like, we don't know why it works. These spaceships are capable of, like, displacing gravity and creating, essentially creating their own gravitational field. That, that's, that's crazy. That's impossible through <laughs> physics currently created by humans. Mm -hmm. That's why I think that this stuff at Area 51, we have a bunch of these different kinds of things, you know, certain weapons and, yeah. uh, and certain crafts and things like that that we have acquired over time but we're studying them and you know every once in a while we probably pull them back out and it's like all right let's see if science has advanced far enough to where we can further understand this a little bit more mm. but every time we just can't do it so how how close do you think they are to doing it do you think they're anywhere close or do you think it's going to be you know not in our lifetimes that area 51 will be i don't believe we would need to know how close we are okay. until it like really truly became a point where it's like, we have to break this out. So do you think one day, like the something, if there was ever a war that absolutely necessitated us, like, go, I think that there's things that we've actually created that like, we know how to operate and things like that, hmm. that we would never even try and use because we just don't want, or like we would never advertise that we have Oh yeah, because we don't want anyone else to know we have them to where they could try and use them too. I create them themselves. I, I believe that too, because I mean, obviously if there ever was a war that necessitated it, I mean, the, the one that is known is that all the nuclear power, it's like, yeah, yeah. You, I mean, we have that te technology and obviously tons of other nations do it too at this point, but you don't want to use it just because of its effect on humanity. Yeah. But I'm sure there's, there's even more advanced technology. I mean, I'm not necessarily alien, but at the same time it could be. Well, and it's like, I was talking to, I think I was talking to Scott. Everybody remembers crazy neighbor Scott. I haven't talked oh. about him in a while. Mm. Shaved his head for him today. Did you? He had the week off. And uh, let's just say that crazy neighbor Scott's had some fun during the week off. And uh, I showed up today. He said, hey, can you shave my head for me? Nice. 
Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Shave your head for you. Uh, we were talking about this the other day, and he was trying to tell me that he thought that uh, our nuclear arsenal was out of date. And I'm like, okay, well, I mean, yeah, maybe. Like, yeah. I would like to think that we haven't done that much to try and keep it updated. I was like, I don't yeah. think that it probably is. Yeah. Uh, I was like, I also think that we probably went through a span where we were coming up with some breakthroughs that no one should ever have any capability to ever use some of the things that, yeah. that these scientists like are figuring out how there, to do. There shouldn't be a launch button for those. No. Yeah. Things that are so, that are so terrible and would, would be so it would, disastrous and, to the earth and, hum, and humankind. Yeah. It's like there's no reason for us to even develop some of this stuff. I, I'm sure with how fast technology has uh, you know, come about within the past century especially, I'm sure there's something, there's a weapon out there that could essentially destroy the entire world in one right. you know, push. When I said, I, I commented on, on our defense budget and how much money we spend on you know, the military and everything. Yeah. And I was like... I was like, there's got to be a portion of that that goes to weapons research. I mean, obviously. Yeah. And he's like, no, man, the, the government, they just, they figure out a way to spend, you know, too much money on staples and stuff like that. And I was like, Scott, our military budget is that, is, an, is more than like the next 30 countries in the world combined. Yeah. I was like, I don't think we're spending our money on staples. I was like, that's, that would just be my guess. Well, I mean, I, I believe that, that, I mean, the account, I mean, we probably do buy some staples. The ledger might say they're used on staples, but I'm sure that money might be ending up elsewhere. Yeah. I was like, this is just, I was like, let's not like think that we're not doing anything, trying to keep our weapons updated here. Mm -hmm. I was like, but that, okay, man, what, what are we doing? Why are we talking about this? <laughs> Keep going. You're on a great No, it's just, I, that's why I was, I was just like, I was like, man, I, there are things that we probably have developed yeah. that I'm not sure that the general population, one, should ever want to know about, mm -hmm. or two, will ever know about. Probably not. Before it ever came a time when we actually needed them, and let's hope that we don't need them, because I think that they're probably some really horrible things. Yep. Totally agree with that. <sighs> Anyways. Yeah. Good thing, good thing we got through our alien segment on Stains of Fits this week. Man, that, like, just imagine the, like, you, want, you play, like, Call of Duty. And those people, like, the people playing, like, making those guns and stuff, those are just video game They developers. have inside information. Those are video game developers that are, like, making yeah. what they think would be cool. Imagine giving that, that idea where it's like, hey, this would be cool to someone who actually is, like, a scientist that yeah. develops weapons, well, and then they're just able to make them. I'm sure there are, there are some people who are scientists who have just enough free time that they, they're also video game nerds. Yeah. And they, they probably just experimented. You know, it's like, how close can I make the technology that I am capable of having into what is actually seen in Call of Duty, you know? <sighs> yeah, I don't want to know about these kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Anyways... Let's right. hear your hot this My week. My hot this week is, uh, is a man named Jerry Foxhoven. Have you heard about this? Mm -mm. Uh, Jerry Foxhoven was the director of the Iowa Department of... Uh, Something. <laughs> I'm trying to remember. I want to get it right. I think it's Human Services. Uh, he was the... Yeah, Department of Human Services. Uh, Today, the Associated Repl uh, Press reported that the director of Iowa's social services agency was a huge fan of late rapper Tupac Shakur. Oh, I did see And frequently let his subordinates know it. He was, they said they had, he was sending emails out to everybody, frequently quoting 
uh, Tupac, they, they found 350 pages of emails with the words Tupac or, tu or like Tupac with a two uh, sent to and from Foxhoven during his two-year tenure. And how he was, every year he would note that people needed to celebrate Tupac's death, uh, Tupac's birthday. Uh, <laughs> oh, so he, he took this a whole step further. Oh, then. yeah. He, this guy might be the, the world's <laughs> number one Tupac Shakur superfan. Hmm. And he just so happened to be Iowa's director of the Department of Human Services. And then he was fired after he was sending all these emails about Tupac. They're, say, they're claiming that that's not why he was fired. But hey, <laughs> there's been a lot of things that go on about Tupac. Like, yeah. can, can we really believe him? Hmm. So you, you think that... So shout out to Jerry Foxhoven, like the most woke 66-year-old man out there. <laughs> The, you know, this huge Tupac fan. Yeah. So you think that this could be the kind of thing where there's, there's, there's a group of people out there keeping Tupac down and this is the kind of same thing where th those kind of people got into this and, and ended up getting him fired. Yeah. Or Suge Knight maybe has much more, uh, has much more clout in the mm. Iowa state government than what we choose to choose to believe he does. Could be. Or what we currently know he does. But man, yeah, that, I, I didn't realize it was that because I, I read I read this headline and I figured, oh yeah, he's probably just you know quoting as a kind of like a uh, no, he was doing this consistently, <laughs> like every day almost was taking making a point to quote Tupac. See that that's a little bit psycho. There's a there's a tinge of psycho there in my opinion. It goes beyond he, like he's just a, quoting a great American. There's a line of professionality and he goes beyond it if he does that. So you're saying if Chris Williams started quoting DMX to us every day. See, I feel like that's different. Like, cause he has, he has a government job and I'm sure he's okay. doing lots of official government things. Like a cycle fanatic and the environment around it is much different than that kind of job. You, you say that we're not doing as much important work no, as no, no, the, depart I, I, uh, the Department of Human I'm, Services? I'm just saying it's, it's, it's a more laid back, casual atmosphere. Whereas I'm sure he was still going to work in a suit and tie every day, you know? That's fair. No, I can't argue with that. So. I'm just saying it's convenient, you know? <laughs> I'll give you that. Man's a big Tupac fan, and all of a sudden he's out of a job. Hey. Then again, it could have happened earlier if it was this consistent. Uh, he got away with it for what, two yeah, years? I guess, yeah. Could have been, could have been one year. Could have been six months. Could have been one week. I mean, maybe Kim Reynolds is just a really big Biggie fan. That could be. East Coast. <laughs> nice. All right. What's your not? My not this week. Why did the face app thing suddenly get resurrected? Like, wasn't the, like, cause everyone's posting all these pictures of, you know, them Photoshopped with the face apps rendering of them as, as a 65 year old or whatever it is. Yeah, I did that. You did that. And I, I mean, it's whatever. It's not against you, but like, why is this the thing? Because I feel like this was a thing like two years ago at one point. Why is it just now coming up? Like everyone's getting into it as this new thing again. I don't know. Maybe face app is really good at making their app come back. I don't know. I, I will give that. I do think some of the, the renderings are a little bit more um, actual real looking this time around. Mm -hmm. But again, like it seemed like it ran its course two years ago when this first came out. Yeah. I don't I don't really remember. Like this has to be. I don't know what to think about the face app. I deleted it after I found out that they the Russia uh, were thing. potentially being uh, run by the Russians. Yep. And now they're, you know, like they're doing more, someone like that went through the code and everything to make sure, like to break it all down. And I'm like, well, wouldn't, I mean, if you I feel like the Russians would really, if they're truly trying to get our data like that, like they're not going to make it detectable. If you, if you've given you them your information, then it's already too late. Just saying. They say it's not stored though. They put out a press release. Yeah. That's just what they want you to think. 
That's the U.S. government covering up Air I, 51 right there. I deleted the app off my phone and I said, "Not today, Putin." <laughs> oh, by the way, which which what's your new phone? Oh, I got what, a. What kind did you get? I got the uh, Galaxy S10 5G. Oh, nice. We don't have 5G here yet, but uh, I was told uh, when it's implemented, you will be ready. Yes, I was told that we would have it here by the end of the year. So can't wait. Boom! I'm nice. have fastest internet in the in the galaxy. Yeah, all you guys will be. Ooh, ooh, you want to download a podcast? Ha. <laughs> Snap of the fingers, I've got it. Maybe that's maybe 5G is part of the alien technology that's been at Area 51, and we just never knew about it. They do. There are theories that 5G will like fry all of our brains, but we're frying them anyway. Like, how much faster could 5G go? Uh, well, the, the same people arguing that are probably the same people who are arguing TV was going to fry our brains back in the 1950s. Hasn't it? Nah, not to the degree that they were thinking. They thought a lot of things in the 1950s. Oh, yeah. It was, it was paranoia back then, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's another conversation I was having with Scott. We're talking about bike helmets. <laughs> he's asking me why people wear bike helmets. And he's like, I didn't ever wear a helmet when I was younger and all this stuff. And I was like, well, yeah, but we also like, used to not wear seatbelts in cars. And we thought that it was okay to smoke on an airplane. And yeah. all of these other things, it's like that... It, as science advances, as humanity evolves, we realize, hey, if I'm going to be riding un- exposed on a two-wheel apparatus near cars, mm-hmm. I probably should wear a helmet to hopefully prevent the odds of a severe brain di- uh, injury. Mm. It's the same thing as playing football. We yep. used to wear leather helmets. Turned out that you could die from playing football. Maybe yeah. we should try and make the equipment better. It's like, maybe we should wear bike helmets. Like, that's kind of where I was at. And he was just like really adamant about this bike helmet deal and how we didn't used to wear bike helmets. And now how, like as an illustration of how people are soft. Mm. And I was like, no, I don't think that's really what it is. I mean, you, you, one person might call it soft. Another person might call it smart. So... In his defense, any time that I ever ride a bike, I don't wear a helmet either. So yeah. unless I'm like in a ride, go for a really long ride or something. See, yeah, like, I mean, my parents, you know, made us wear helmets growing up and I never wanted to wear one. But like now, if I were to go out on a bike ride, I would, I would definitely wear one. Yeah. If I was going to go for a long ride, especially if I was going to be on the trail or if I was going to be riding, crossing yeah. streets and stuff, I yeah. would. If I was just like riding my bike, you know, to the gas station or something i probably no. wouldn't really wear yeah. one no especially if you're staying on the sidewalk the entire time yeah yeah so we're really just jumping all around this is possibly one of the biggest tangential yeah podcasts we've had uh my not this week is the uh elitist hollywood critics <laughs> uh oh yeah there there has been a, a rash of uh people who believe they are smarter than everyone else <laughs> Uh, who don't like cool things. And uh, in turn, in one of the great American travesties, The Lion King, the 2009 edition of The Lion King, currently has a 58% on Rotten Tomatoes. And it doesn't make sense. I I don't think it makes any sense. You know, this is, you know what this is doing? This is making me more excited to see the movie because it's going to back up all my beliefs that this is totally unnecessary. The thing to me is it just, okay. (laughs) Okay. What are they, are they just judging it against the previous movie? Like, is that, why can't you take something and say, this is one thing, this is another thing, we are judging this thing, is this thing good? Is this thing good? But I think if, when it's a remake, you have to consider the, the source. 
It's just like, I mean, it's the same thing as if, as if you were making a movie based on a book. Mm-hmm. Like some, some of those critics, I'm sure, have read the book. And you have, to, you have to make the judgment based on the source material. So in this case, the source material happens to be a movie that was really good. So if, there, if the movie doesn't live up to whatever standard set by the original, then I think it, they have grounds for rating it lower than they might have if they looked at it as a complete original work. I just, I, I have a hard time thinking that I will go into this movie and watch it and walk out thinking, man, I'm super disappointed. That stunk. Mm-hmm. I should give that a one star. Well, again, we know the story itself yeah. is top three easily children's films of all time, in my opinion. See, and this is where I think that a lot of the people probably went into it with the same mindset you had, where they're like, why are we doing this? Anything like that. And it was going to take something absolutely, like they were going to have to do something absolutely insane for anyone to walk out of there and be like, yeah, that was good. Mm-hmm. You know? My, uh, from what I've read and what you shared last week, I believe, is that the film, like, again, like the visual aspect of it from like the computer graphics standpoint Mm -hmm. is like next level, you know, introducing a new era of that stuff, which is great. But at the same time, again, like if that in and of itself is the, the main reason for the movie or, and just the celebrity factor of them being the voices behind these characters, those two things, again, it just seems like it's unnecessary in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I, just, I, I think we're, we're giving Hollywood too much credit with the, I mean, you, we, I joked about this last week, the original ideas thing. Yeah. As much as you, I would love to see original ideas as well. I prefer to see original. This is the same reason that I don't go see all of the Marvel movies, because I feel like every time I see a Marvel movie, I've like, I'm, I've seen this movie. I've seen this movie before. I'm just like, I don't want to, I don't want to watch this movie, you know? Mm-hmm. And it, that's where I'm just like, I want something different. And this obviously is not, does not fit into this. Toy Story 4 did not fit into this, but there's, it's the people that are making these movies, the ones that are green lighting them, mm-hmm. they look at, oh, we think we can do the Lion King again. And they're like, oh, the Lion King, man, we can sell toys. We can sell clothes. We yeah. can sell, you know, happy meal toys, all this kind of stuff. And you know what? That movie is going to gross a billion dollars. Yeah. And we are guaranteed to make all of that money on the Lion King. And it doesn't matter what anybody thinks of us. We do not care. You know, yeah. it's like, because we got our money and that's all that matters. And, but if you bring them in an original script or something like that and they read it and it's like, yeah, this is pretty good. No, but, but like, we don't know that it's going to make a boatload of money. Yeah. You know, and I agree like the, Cause you know, for a fact that when it's related to the original Lion King and you come out with new Lion King merch, it's, it's going to sell. Yeah. And like, you won't get that necessarily as near as guaranteed if it's a, it's a completely original idea. I just wish like thinking back to when they've done remakes of movies before, like f- the one that comes to mind for whatever reason is the fantastic four. Like the first time they did a couple films and they were, you know, not the best, but at the same time, like that, that, um, group of superheroes just has so much potential to be really good on the screen, but they made that, that movie with Michael B. Jordan in it. Um, I don't know, like four or five years ago, whatever it's been now. And it completely bombed. It's like, yeah, that movie, like I was pumped for that to get re-released and like, you know, have but the first one was sucked too. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like if the, if the, the first, one was like Jessica Alba and all them. Yeah. If the first one itself isn't like already this masterpiece, in my opinion, if it's a masterpiece, then you don't have to do anything else to it. Like, it, it should be its own standalone thing. Okay, so I'd like to have your opinion on the Spider-Man movies then. 
How's that? So they made three Spider-Man movies. I think that they're pretty well regarded as being solid mm-hmm. movies. Yeah. They made two more, and mm-hmm. now they've made two more. In the last 20 years, they've made seven Spider-Man movies with three different versions of Spider-Man. And that's where I'm like, okay, I, okay. I get it. I understand why they're doing it now, because they want it to be for their mm-hmm. Marvel universe. Yeah. But it's like, man, so at some point, we got to sit back and be like, all right, We've, we've milked the Spider-Man thing for all that it's worth. I, I agree to an extent. I will say that um, the original Spider-Man trilogy with... Um, Tobey Maguire. Tobey Maguire, yeah, thank you. With Tobey Maguire was very good. And when they came out with the the idea that the uh, Andrew Garfield ones were coming out, I wasn't that pumped about it because I did feel like, you know, that... that it was so soon. It was so soon. The the one thing that was um, fresh and new about it was that you know they did the, they pulled the lizard in and that was a new thing mm-hmm. um, and then the second one they kind of jumped back and they were going to introduce the Green Goblin again which is kind of unfortunate because that was covered in the original ones yeah um, but then again the difference didn't with the, they do that in the first I haven't seen the first like new Spider Man uh, which one what was it it was Spider Man uh, isn't it just the Adventures of Spider Man or something? Uh, like the one with Tom Holland in it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that he was introduced in Civil War. Um, the Green Goblin was, or the Green Goblin hasn't been in the new. Okay. The I just new remember ones, seeing yeah. Michael Keaton was the bad guy. That was Vulture. Okay. And yes, he was a villain, but but he's very similar to Green Goblin. Vulture hasn't been done yet. Okay. Um, so again, like technically, yeah, they're reintroducing Spider-Man a bunch, but it, they're doing the story slightly different each mm-hmm. time they do it. And again, like the point you made, like they want Spider-Man to be a part of this bigger universe. Yeah. Which that, is, and that makes know, more sense. Yeah. But it's just, that's, it's, not, it's not a straight remake of, of, uh, the Tobey Maguire. Like, yeah. if, if they went like word for word, you know, same script, that kind of thing, just with new actors, then I would definitely be mad about that. Does that make sense? And some of y'all wanted them to remake Game of Thrones. <laughs> make the Game of Thrones final season. I mean, I think a lot of people want the, the final season remade. See, I just think that there's some double standard here. Like what, I mean, what, and it goes back to the same thing I said, the original ideas thing. Do we all want them to make original ideas? Yes. In a perfect world, yes, we do. So here, but realistically, that just isn't probably going to happen unless there's some very major changes to Hollywood. So here's a question for you. What's your favorite movie of all time? My favorite movie of all time? Uh... Probably either Field of Dreams or Back to the Future. Those are my two movies that, like, if I'm sick and I'm at home and it's like, I just want to watch something that I really like, it'd be Field of Dreams or Back to the Future. So, again, so let's say they all of a sudden it was announced that they're they're remaking Field of Dreams. Would you be excited about that? I'd be interested to know if it's going to be a shot-for-shot remake or if it's supposed to be a continuation of some sort. Uh, let's say it's a shot-for-shot remake. Is Kevin Costner involved? No, these are brand new actors, ones that they, they're celebrities. Like like a big name draw. So let's say I don't know who who would fill a good Kevin Costner role, but it's someone really famous who's making a lot of movies these days. Um, I'd see it. I would see it. But when you wouldn't you feel like it's a little bit of they don't need to do this. Like you know, Field of Dreams itself, it stands. It, there's no reason to to tread on it because it's a classic. But that's one of those ones that I don't feel like there's there is no there's nothing out there that they could possibly do that you could objectively look at it and say, okay, they did something here and improved the movie. Like technology has not advanced in a way that we can like legitimately make an improvement to the movie. You know, the movie is what the movie is and the way that it was made at that time is probably the way that it was, it is like, is best going to be done with the Lion King. It's like, you can, I can understand where they're coming from with the technology and all that kind of stuff. It's like, they do have a valid argument in that sense where the visuals of it all is, 
it's, there is a legitimate way that you can look at it and be like, it is a little different because we are doing something that has improved in the last 25 years to make a change to the movie, mm. you know? Yeah. Like with Field of Dreams, it's like, man, we're going to make the same movie with the same technology in the same place with just different people. Yeah. And, and I will say that it's, there is a slight difference just because it's an animated film and, you know, a computer rendered film, uh, for the Lion King versus, you know, a live feature for Field of Dreams yeah. idea. So it's not completely apples to apples, but at the same time, I just feel like there's that, that, that part of the old movie that it was so good the first time around that it just makes you feel like, you know, why do it again if it's so good already? But I legitimately think that this it's like the Lion King is the only one that you sit back and we're like, why are we doing this? Mulan is getting remade. Why, why aren't people questioning that one? I, I'm questioning it. Because are you? you know, one, they say they're not um, singing the songs. It sounds like they'll have instrumental versions of the songs, but they're not singing them. Two, but I can also understand two, kind of their reasonings behind two, those. Mushu is not in the movie. Again, can definitely understand no. their reasoning behind that. Bad. If, I, if they have all this capability of doing these awesome computer-rendered graphics for The Lion King, why are they not doing Mushu? Uh, because I think that it had something to do with cultural appropriation, not just like... <laughs> oh, brother, give me a break. I mean, I'm just telling you what I th I'm pretty sure is what the reason that they said they're not going to include them. That's weak. That's weak reasoning in my I mean, opinion. you could talk to Disney. I don't know. Like, that's, I'm just telling you what, from what I read, that's the reason that they're not doing I'm, it. I'm sure Eddie Murphy would be glad to reprise his role as that voice. What is Eddie Murphy even doing now? I have no idea. <laughs> Has he been in anything? I don't think so. It doesn't seem like he's been in anything for a long time. He's probably just retired, sitting on a beach somewhere. I would be. Man, yeah. made his money. It's, That's right. What's the point? Oh, I, I would, no, they did have like a Coming to America 2 uh, script in oh, really? production at one point, I think. Hmm. Another one I'm not sure that we need. <laughs> that one we, I'm really not sure we need. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'd need Eddie Murphy. At, and uh, I mean, again, sometimes sometimes even if it's not a real remake, like a sequel. In Arsenio, like I don't need them yeah. like sequels, 30 years later. Sequels aren't necessary sometimes. And Top Gun 2. Like we don't need Top Gun 2. Yeah. I can understand why someone would be interested, but it's like, I don't, I'm just, I, do we need this? No. You know? Yeah. Back to the Future, I could see where they could make a Back to the Future movie now. Back to the and Future. It, it would almost make sense. Back to the Future, again, I wouldn't, I mean. I wouldn't welcome it, but it's just. I wouldn't welcome it either, but they could definitely, there are gr graphics that could be made a lot better. Yeah. Um, special effects, obviously. At the same time, you cannot, I think you could replace Michael J. Fox, personally. I don't, I don't think you could replace Doc Brown. Oh, no, absolutely Lloyd. not. He's one of a kind. I don't know. You'd have a hard time replacing Marty McFly. It's, it's close. I don't know. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta have a kid with a lot of swag. I think it just comes down to personal, like a personal opinion. You oh, know? yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm sure for you, there are certain movies that's like, there's no way they could ever remake that. That would make it any better. Apparently, The Lion King is one. For me, I love The Lion King. I, li I love the original Lion King, all that stuff. But I also sit here and I'm like, it's like, man, like, if they're going to remake all these movies, I'd be happy for them to make one that I know that I'm going to like. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's, here's another thought, too. Like, if, if, if part of it is that you're so excited to hear these uh, songs with, like, Beyonce and, you know, obviously Daniel Glover and all them. Couldn't Donald they just, Glover. Don't sorry. you dare respect, disrespect <laughs> him like that. Sorry. I'm, I'm just thinking ahead here. So if, if I've you, already heard them on the soundtrack, <laughs> and they're phenomenal. So if you want to hear them on the soundtrack, then, and that be I the have. thing, why don't they just record these songs and they release have. them? They have, and I've heard them, and they are phenomenal. So, they, so you don't need a movie, then. You can just hear them on the soundtrack. It's the only time at, when they sing Can You Feel the Love Tonight is the only time ever that they can sit back and make Donald Glover actually sound like a bad singer because he has to sing like a duet with Beyonce. Mm. Yeah. 
I, uh, I don't know if it, this might be a minor spoiler to you. Um, maybe I shouldn't say it. Never what? mind. Oh, I, I just read somewhere that part uh, in one of the reviews, uh, I don't think this is a big spoiler, so I'm just going to say it, that they sing that song during the day in the movie, which doesn't make any sense to me. That was just what I read. So I'd be interested to know the we'll, context of it. You we'll know. see. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, I don't know. I, I still... I can't tell you that. I will be going to this in theaters, like I said on last week's podcast. So okay. we, we will have a, a discussion after we've both seen it at one point. Once I'm back from Morgan, we will have a, a conversation on with both of our final thoughts on The Lion King. Mm-hmm. At least until the next movie that they remake comes out. I, w- I will go into it uh, with my best uh, objective um, approach. I, I, will, I will give it a fair shot. Dude, it's crazy. Like, have you seen... So Disney puts out like their movie release schedule... Uh, it is crazy. Oh yeah, they have like the, a bunch of stuff scheduled well, out, and and the things that they have scheduled, none of it. A ton of live action. None remakes. of it. Yes, it's exactly what I'm saying. Like they, this is what they do now. Yeah. Like they don't. The people at Disney do not have any interest Mm-mm. in making new movies. It's They're just going to remake all the old ones. It's remakes, Marvel, and Star Wars. Those are essentially the the core three things for Disney in the next like three or four years. Okay, I haven't heard of some of these. Frozen 2. Yep. Uh, Star Wars. Uh, but then it's like, untitled Pixar movie. Mm-hmm. Okay? There's a mutant, uh, Ninja Turtles movie. Untitled, <laughs> untitled Marvel. Bob's Burgers. Like, there's all these things that it's just like, man. Untitled Disney animation. West Side Story. Cruella de Vil, which I assume is a uh, 101 Dalmatians. Mm-hmm. It's just all these things that they're like, they put a schedule out and they're like, yeah, we're going to make a bunch of movies and they're all just going to be the same things that we've done before, but we're going to yeah. do them all again. And we're going to tell you about it five years in advance to just build more and more hype for them. Yeah. I mean, again, if it, you have, a, have Disney, a bone to pick with anybody, your bone is to pick with Disney. Not uh, with me. I, I completely agree with you. I, I, at one point I feel like, especially when Star Wars got moved to Disney, I was, I was on board because personally at that point, Disney hadn't ruined anything for me, but with what they've done, the decisions they've made, especially if, again with a few Star Wars movies, and you know, again live remakes, which I don't like. I'm starting to sour on Disney. I am. I hate seeing movies that were a certain way get Disneyfied. Yeah, that's what that would be one of my problems. If they're going to remake Back to the Future, I already know it would be done by Disney because it was tw- it was 21 Century Fox. Yep. It's like it would have to be. I I would place a lot of money that in in our lifetimes we will see a Back to the Future remake. Oh, I'm sure we will. Yeah, I'm sure we will. And I'm sure we'll see a... No, I probably won't see a Field of Dreams. I don't think it did that well in the box office. Mm. There will be another movie that, that, I, that we could think of right now that it would be like, for absolutely no reason, they will remake it. I was thinking, I was thinking Indiana Jones. I mean, that's kind of already been thrown around, though. Like, throwing They've back done to those a, a bunch of times. Yeah. yeah. But I'm thinking like with uh, a new young indie oh, kind okay. of thing. Like, they'll start from scratch and try to remake Raiders of the Lost Ark. So. See, there's, that's where there's no point. Like, why? No. I mean, those, those movies are classic, for yeah. sure. A ton of people would be mad. Well, it would be the same thing as if they wanted to redo Star Wars. Just yeah. sit back and we're like, we're going to just, we're going to remake the original three. Yeah. And again, like, there, there are special effects in Star Wars and Indiana Jones that could be made look better, but at the same time, there's so much that could not be replicated about those movies. But that's what almost makes them perfect, because they are a... They were innovative in their time. They are, a, yeah. They are a capsule of their time. Yep. And they fit perfectly when they came out, and that's what made them so classic. Mm-hmm. You know? If Star Wars came out today, 
the original Star Wars came out today in its original form, we would all sit back and be like, are you serious? Yeah. This movie we, sucks. Yeah, it would be like, wow. They spent probably like $100 on the special effects in this movie. <laughs> but anyways. Yeah. All right, man. I'll, uh, that was quite the pod, dude. Yeah, we just did 80 minutes of <laughs> Mostly absolute nonsense. Like, word vomit. I, we <laughs> talked about a lot of stuff. That uh, was fun. Uh, this should get everybody through like the two weeks that we won't. We just let all of it out before the season starts. When I come back, the season will be starting. Man, that's exciting. I can't yeah. wait. All right, man. Talk to you in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Talk to everybody soon. Peace.